New Braunfels and welcome to the Best to Worst podcast, where we look at the best of New Braunfels and the worst. My name is Ryan and I am here with my co-host Nicole and this is episode 8 of the Best to Worst podcast. Hey everybody. So Nicole, we have a we have an interesting podcast today cuz we're going to we're going to talk about we're going to talk about some dirty things and Ooh. we're going to talk about some a food that can be played with. Does that make sense? And then, yeah. and then we're going to talk about some art. I know those, are, those are, it's a very, some very interesting topics today on the show. So, <laughs> but I don't know. It's all very intriguing. It is very intriguing. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive on in and talk about this dirty thing. And this dirty thing is not family-friendly drag shows, as many of you know, have been going on around the New Braunfels area. So we are not going to talk about that today. But what we are going to talk about is something very trashy. See what I did there, Nicole? I do see what you did there. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. We are going to actually talk about trash cans. So everyone's like, oh, what's... That's trashy it is very trashy so recently in new braunfels they decided to uh if you go downtown new braunfels right now or i guess not right now but a couple weeks ago you would have seen these green trash cans all over downtown at the time they had about 20 different green trash cans scattered throughout downtown well recently they decided to replace those trash cans with these i don't know what to call them they're like they're almost like futuristic robots, kind of. It kind of looks like you're straight out of the fifth element, putting your trash away. They're these nice, kind of uh, very square, they're not the circular trash cans anymore. They have a little solar panel on top. They have a trash compacting element inside of it. They have a nice little foot pedal, so you don't have to like lift or touch anything if you don't want to. So... They're nice. And I'm like, okay, this is this is interesting. Why did we why did we switch over there? So so what I did, I I did some digging and I we reached out to the city to find out what's what's the deal with these trash cans. Went digging in the trash? <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. I did. I went I went yeah. digging digging in the trash. So the city got back with me and what they told me is they decided to replace originally we had 20 trash receptacles downtown and we replaced those 20 with these 25 ones they're called uh the company is called big belly and it's a company based out of uh, massachusetts and they have these trash cans and everything i just told you is what they are so they're they're kind of cool in a way but my brain instantly goes to uh what's the cost what's the cost of these so the city was nice enough to provide me a breakdown as the cost savings for these. And this is kind of where it gets very interesting. So they're saying right now, or with our old trash reciprocals downtown, we spent about $39,000. And they kind of broke it down for me. They have how many hours a week they spend on um, picking up service. They talk about the cost of the vehicle, the operating for that, the annual cost for maintenance on the vehicle, all this other stuff. So they said we spend around $39,000 to basically empty the trash cans downstairs or downtown. And I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a lot of money we spent. I'll, I'll go do that for $39,000. No problem at all. 
Um, and with these new ones, with the big belly collection operations, that cost is goes down. They kind of take everything else into account because they don't have to change the bags out as often because they're all compacted. So they don't have to run as many trash uh, trash trucks downtown to do that. And there's less hours involved as well for staff. And what they found out is it's only going to cost us, and this is all what they're expecting, you know, how that goes, uh, about $6,500 per year to operate wow. these. Wow. So it's a total annual operational savings. And I keyword there, operational savings of $32,500, which sounds great. But then they also sent me a note about the cost of the trash cans. That's just the operational cost. So the cost of these trash cans for one container, we're actually leasing them, which covers maintenance, monitoring, and technology services for these trash cans. It's about $131 per month per container. Wow. Which comes to just over $39,000 just for the leasing. So mm -hmm. if you add the $39,000 to the existing $6,500 of the operation of these cans, well, now we're paying more for these little high tech robots. So but they're neat, Ryan. I know they 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 are neat, and maybe they make sense in in uh, some downtown areas where they have a lot of trash coming and going. I mean, I personally don't feel like our downtown is as busy as like I don't know downtown Austin or somewhere that's yeah. getting a ton of uh, traffic. Right. So, at the end of the day, yeah, we are literally paying more for these high tech robots. And I'm going to continue to call these the high tech robot trash cans. Um, so yeah, we're paying, I mean, it really comes down to, let's see if I'm doing the math here, 6,500, they're saying $32,000 savings. Okay. So it's costing us about 45,000 for these new ones when previously it cost us 39,000. And one more thing I was like, as I always like to look at the whole economic impact. So we're obviously paying $39,000 to now a company out in Massachusetts versus before we were hiring local employees of our city who were living in New Braunfels or in the area who were spending their money in New Braunfels and were who providing to the economic impact of our city. Now that money is all going out to Massachusetts. So when you look at the whole picture here, I just I just can't get behind this. I, I kind of miss our old green trash cans downtown. It doesn't seem like they really fit in with New Braunfels either. It's just another thing that our city is doing to make us be something that we're not, I think. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, it's it's kind of disheartening to kind of see this. But yeah, it's it just baffles me that it's costing more to do these and there's less economic impact with these with these trash cans. So uh, in my opinion, this is definitely a worst of New Braunfels for our city. I agree. It's a New Braunfels dirty little secret. I think it's the worst as well. I, I see what you did there. I see what you did yeah. there. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I just think they're going to be uh, funny looking. Um, I, like I said, I don't think it's going to fit in aesthetically. And 
I just, I, I really would like to know who decided somebody went on vacation to Massachusetts and saw these and thought, Hey, we should bring these back to New Braunfels. I can yeah. only see that that's mm -hmm. how this happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'll be curious too, like how they, uh, how they will operate down but during big city events, like Wassel Fest and Wine and Sanger and tree lighting, if they can actually keep up with the demand or whether they'll just like, I don't know, they, have you seen during like Wassel Fest, they just kind of they lock up all the trash cans and they just put the big ones yep. out there anyway. So I'm like, well, this yep. is this even serving a purpose then or what's going on here? So well, we just don't have that much traffic downtown and people downtown, even during the summer, the height of tourism. It's just, mm -hmm. I can't imagine that those green ones were, I never saw them overfilled in the summertime you know, when they're, you know, when it was just a normal everyday Monday through Friday thing. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that is our that is our trashy story for the day. And now Nicole is going to talk about playing with a certain type of food. Well, it seems that uh, the sport that is taking over now is pickleball. And uh, pickleball is um, a fun game. I don't know if you've ever played it. Have you played it? I have not. I've had friends who have raved about it and they want to get me behind it, but I just haven't gone out there and done it yet. So it, it's it's all the thing now, and uh, it's not a new thing. It's been around since 1965. It was invented in Washington, and it's easier to learn than tennis. It's slower paced, uh, less ground to cover, and um, it's a combination of tennis, badminton, and ping pong. So, and New Braunfels has jumped on the pickleball bandwagon, and we have a New Braunfels Pickleball Club. And it is indoors, so it's climate controlled. They have three state-of-the-art pickleball courts. Um, and this place is located at 1269 Summerwood Drive, uh, Suite 201. So you don't have to worry about the weather or anything like that. You know, you can play all year long. They do go by memberships. So you can get, there's a bunch of different memberships. There's single memberships, family memberships, couple memberships. There's also time of day if you want to take your membership. So there's a bunch of different pricing. So a lot of different, it would fit a lot of different budgets. Um, it does look like a very nice facility inside. Uh, they also have, um, if you want, if you're an early bird and want to play between certain hours, if you want to play all day long, and that's a little more expensive membership, but nothing is, is crazy priced. They also have um, learn to play pickleball classes and they have them for kids and adults. So that's another thing. They also have a pro shop there. So you can buy your equipment there if you need to. So it does look like it's um, very interesting and something we should all check out. And we should all be exercising and moving. And this is a great way to do that. So the interesting thing about this is pickleball was invented by a couple of dads who had their kids one Saturday who were bored back in the 60s. And they had a bunch of different sports equipment in their garage. And they made their kids learn how to come up with a game that used all these different um, pieces of equipment that they had. So they just lowered the net down and the kids had ping pong paddles and wiffle balls. And they came up with this kind of game that has evolved now into what it is today. And they have tournaments everywhere. So it's a good thing you can play singles, you know, so just two people can play or you can play doubles, four people can play. And yeah. um, it's smaller than a regular tennis court, of course. So what you're saying is when this was invented, this was pre-technology when we used to like throw our kids outside and just say, hey, 
here's your stuff, make a game, and that would happen. So exactly, and look what it's turned into. Yeah. So yeah, no, it looks very interesting. So Nicole, where, where is you said the address is what again? Where is this located at? What side of town? Um, I, I'm. It is over Summerwood. Is I, I wouldn't have to look, but the Summerwood that I know of is off of um, the Loop there on three thirty seven. Okay. Um, and there's the Summerwood um, kind of area there past uh, AutoZone and O'Reilly's. And it's across from, uh, what is the carpet place? Is it Hoffman Carpet Hoffman or whatever? Hoffman Flooring. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, so, so that's the Summerwood that I know. Um, let me see if I can just look real quick about its location here on the map. Yeah, it just says, oh, I see right here. Yep, off of 337 Summerwood. Um so exactly, that's that's exactly where it is. It is in the, um, I'm going to say that it's back there off of, um, up behind um, Bahama Bucks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The there. industrial area so, back there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In that little, in that little strip mall area. Okay. Okay. So pretty, pretty so. centrally located. I know uh, there's, I think there's another pickleball place in town, but it's kind of far, far south. Um what's it called the cranky pickle is what it is off of kruger canyon oh i hadn't heard of that one yeah so that's that's another one i saw i know it's i know they're popping up all over the place um and it's yeah i think it's great that people get behind this and just enjoy something new and get some exercise and have fun so right and interestingly enough our hoa here where i live they had a big thing because there are actually a lot of tennis players here for our tennis courts and they're older generation and they um the newer people that live in our neighborhood wanted pickleball courts so they paid to paint pickleball courts on the tennis courts and they have a net and everything put up and so you can switch it back and forth from tennis to pickleball but it was a big big thing here because the the avid tennis players are anti-pickleball but pickleball went out so we could play both yes so maybe you know the answer to this are there any non-private places to play pickleball in New Braunfels can you play at Prince Psalms are they are the courts adjusted I don't know if the city I don't know if the city has done that or not now the net is different than a tennis net um a smaller you know a a shorter court and everything you can put two pickleball courts on one tennis court so um yes so you don't need um and and any age can play. I mean, it's from a young person to an older person because I mean, of course, it is very competitive, but you can make it a you know a slower paced game. So older people can play it too. And uh, I know like lots of firemen um when they're at work like to play it. So uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a great exercise. Very good. Well, are you rating this a best of new Braunfels or a worst of new Braunfels? Definitely. I think it's the best in New Braunfels. Anything that you can go out and take your kids and learn to do, I think that's an awesome thing. So I think it's the best of New Braunfels. I agree. Yeah, definitely a uh, best of New Braunfels here. So I hope the city gets behind it and actually does something with, you know, some of their parks and stuff and adds those things on tennis courts that they have. I think that would be really beneficial too. That's something I... I could get behind the city doing. Yeah. So city, if you're listening, add us some pickleball courts. Yeah, exactly. All right, Nicole. So we're going to take a little bit different direction than what we've done in past episodes here. So tell us about this artsy thing that we're going to talk about in the episode today. So if you've ever walked around or driven around downtown New Braunfels, you've probably noticed the six 
colorful murals that are on some of the buildings lining the downtown area. And um, they each one of these murals have stories behind them that all talk about and trace the history of New Braunfels. And I just thought it would be neat to talk about each mural and its significance um, with the history of New Braunfels on different episodes of the podcast. And that we have so many new people here now. And even maybe some of the people that have lived here for a long time or, or, you know, younger people, they might not know all the stories behind those murals. So uh, the first one that I wanted to talk about, um, well, first of all, in 1995, the, the concept of these murals was conceived by a design review committee of New Braunfels, and that's now the Historic Outdoor Art Museum is what they're known as. So um, the first museum, I mean, the first mural that I wanted to go over is called City of a Prince. And it's the one located at 209 West San Antonio Street. It faces Castell. It's on the side of the antique mall there at San Antonio and Castell. Are you aware of that one? Have you, I'm sure you've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, that's one of the, I guess you could say like the original ones. I know that a lot more Correct. popping up re recently. So that's definitely one of the original ones in New Braunfels. Right. It was, it was the muralist that did it was Clinton Behrman. He lives in Kerr County. It uh, was unveiled on March 21st, 1999. And it took three years to complete. Uh, this mural portrays about the founding of New Braunfels in 1845 and Prince Carl's, uh, Prince Carl of Selms, New Braunfels. And Prince Carl was the central element in the mural. He's 19 feet tall. That when you go by and look at that mural, the Prince Carl on there is painted at 19 feet. So that's kind of an interesting little fact. The mural has uh, significant individuals and events in the founding city. It, of course, it has Prince Carl. It has his castle up in the corner. It has one of the one-mast schooners that the settlers took from Galveston to the bay near Lavaca. Uh, the first candle-decorated Christmas tree is also on there. The immigrants uh, came uh, from Germany when they this group of immigrants were um, appointed by a group of German noblemen to serve as the new colony they planned to start in Texas. So they left Germany, it took them about two months, they got to Galveston, and then from Galveston, they traveled in these one-masted schooners to the site near present-day Indianola, and back then it was called Karlshafen. They arrived there in on Christmas Eve in, in 1844, and then from there, they traveled in carts and wagons north along the Guadalupe River until they reached the Comal Springs, which was known as Los Fontanas. Now, what else do we know that's Los Fontanas? All the restaurants here, right? We have yeah, a couple some, of those. Yeah, some good Mexican food. Yeah, great Mexican food. And uh, they arrived in uh, March 21st of 1845, and Prince Carl laid the cornerstone of the fort, which he named Fort Sophia, which is the Sophienburg. Okay. And that was his fiance. Yeah, it was his fiance. She never came here. She never stepped foot in New Braunfels. And he went back to Germany and married her and never came back again. But um, he called the city New Braunfels in honor of his home, Braunfels, Germany. And the first building in New Braunfels, do you know what it was? Um, was it the church? Is that correct? Very no? good. The okay. first Protestant church yeah. that's there. And it's and by 1850, New Braunfels was the fourth, fourth largest city in Texas. So that's a lot of interesting facts. So if yeah. you go by and have a chance to look at this mural, you, you'll see every one of those little things that I kind of just talked about and they start to make some sense. And and so I just think they're really neat. I think, I think when you see them, and the reason they did this was because in British Columbia, there is um, a place that has a bunch of murals that people go on vacations to see. 
And they thought it would be interesting and a good thing in New Braunfels to revitalize the downtown area in the 90s. And so they brought this idea back. Hmm. And the one in British Columbia is very big. So if you ever get a chance to do that, you should go and see those as well. Yeah, no, I, I love this idea of us just touching on these. I think it's a great way for us to just kind of learn a little bit about the German culture of our city as well, um, as well as just kind of, I don't know, I love it when we kind of just docker things up downtown that are uh, just kind of just helps us really feel like our name is New Braunfels, which is German. So Right, and and I think we drive around a lot and you see like Solms Park or you see Solms Road or you see Las Fontanas Restaurant or and the Sophienberg and now you kind of like can learn what the history of those things are you know they're not just yeah. random things yeah. so yeah so the city of the city of a prince mural and that one it's right behind the antique mall right downtown there it's on castell street right between san antonio street and friesen haas pretty much right it's right there oh, no, i'm sorry from krausey's krausey's it's right by phoenix saloon there yeah. so the yeah. side of it yeah okay yeah, yeah. okay well, very cool. Well, that is our first iteration of our mural series here on the Best to Worst podcast. So we hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I'm assuming all these are going to be a best of New Braunfels. Yeah, of course. Definitely. Okay. Yes. Okay. Any history of New Braunfels is awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's definitely a best of New Braunfels. Um, but with that being said, that is all we have on our show today. So if you want to stay up to date with our podcast, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Also go on to Facebook and like us on there. Uh, just search Best to Worst Podcast. Um, and lastly, if you want a good old-fashioned email sent to you every time a new podcast is released, in our show notes, you can click on a little link, put your email address in, and we will send you over an email every time a new podcast comes out. So without further ado, you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, evening, or whatever you're listening to this. Hey, bye, guys. And don't forget, Saturday, May 6th is your last day to vote. Please go vote.